you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. By the name of Brenda Jones. Brenda was in need of a liver transplant. They had just put her on the list. They told Brenda they're not for sure how long it would take. About a year later, Brenda gets a call. We have found a liver. It's a perfect match. We'll call you in a couple of days to tell you when we're going to get the surgery going A few days later, Brenda receives a phone call. When she gets the phone call, sure enough, it's from Baylor University, the hospital there. But it's not what she expected. They called her and they said to her, Miss Jones, we've got a big ask. We probably don't have the right. But just late last night, a 24-year-old girl got flown to our hospital. She's in need of a liver. If she doesn't have one, she would die within 24 hours. Without hesitation, this woman who had been waiting for a year, not quite sure how long it would take to get another liver, without hesitation, she said, yes. She can have it. The doctors say, wait a minute, we we want you to understand the consequences. It took a year to find this one. We're not sure if we'll find another match. Are you sure? Without thinking, she said yes. See, generosity is willing to give up something that's important. Generosity is willing to go above and beyond. In fact, when I looked up the, de- the, the definition, it actually means to go above and beyond what you're already giving. Winston Churchill once said this, We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And I thought how powerful that is. Especially in the society where it's becoming all about me, what I get, the blessing that I am. That, oh, how times have changed. And it led me to a passage in John chapter 12, verse 1. And I want to read this to you guys today as we continue this sermon series on Beyond Blessed. And it says this in John chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom had been raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with them. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, And wiped his feet with her 
hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. Can I say this to you today? Here's my hope and my prayer. It was more than the smell of the oil that filled that house. It was the smell and the fragrance of generosity that filled that house. And we'll talk about that more in a few moments. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This, he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used to take what was put in it. I love this right here. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And God, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And Lord, let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that they came. But be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. John kind of gives us a, a time stamp as we read this. It's about six days before the, the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus. We find out that they're here in Bethany, and uh, they're, well, they're celebrating the resurrection of Lazarus. Jesus had raised him from the dead, and they've brought Jesus in to, well, to celebrate and honor him for raising Lazarus from the dead. The Bible says they're all sitting around reclining at the table. We find Martha where Martha usually was. She's in there cooking, getting ready, preparing. She was a servant. That was her heart. We even see Lazarus, their brother that is there, and, and he's over sitting in the chair, and he's kind of reclining. I, I have this image. I don't know if it's biblically correct, but I, I've got this image of Lazarus sitting at the table just kind of sitting back, smiling with his legs crossed, saying, life is good kind of has that on you when, well, you were dead and now you're alive. Lazarus seen the other side and, well, he wasn't really worried anymore and he wasn't scared anymore. And, and he sits at the table saying, all you guys, if you only knew what I knew, you wouldn't spend life worrying about anything. But there's one more person. Not sitting at the table, not in the kitchen cooking, there's one other person by the name of Mary, and we find her at the feet of Jesus. What is she doing? The Bible tells us at the feet of Jesus, and she's got an alabaster jar of, of what we call spike nard or nard. It's, a, it's a, a, a very expensive oil. And all of a sudden, she breaks it and, and pours it on the feet of Jesus, all over the feet of Jesus. And in fact, at that moment, and we'll talk about him in a few moments, a man by the name of Judas Iscariot is about to have a stroke. And she takes her hair with all humility. For all of us who are proud, all of us who think we deserve, for all of us who, well, you better give me my due respect, we can learn from Mary. 
Because she breaks open that jar and pours all of this oil on his feet. She gets her hair and begins to clean the feet of Jesus. And all of a sudden, what happens? Judas Iscariot gets upset. He gets mad. What are you doing? See, to, to, what you need to understand is that the Bible tells us how much this, this jar is worth. It's worth about 300 denarii. Now, to understand, a denarii is about a day's wages. So, in other words, if you make a $100 a day or $250 a day, a denarii, which is about the size of a, of a nickel, that's what they've got, in, or I mean the size of a dime, and there's three, it's worth 300 denarii. Now, to take in consideration Sabbaths, to, to take in consideration days of festivals, in other words, 300 denarii was a year's worth of wages poured on the feet of a man in just a moment. Do, do you understand now for a brief moment why Judas is like, <gasps> my wife does that sometimes. She'll buy something, and I'll go, how much you pay for that? I'm like, what? Exactly. Because you know right now we're separated between this stage, and I'm safe. And we see the response of Jesus. In fact, what happens is Judas gets mad. He said, listen. I could have sold this jar and we could have given to the poor. That ain't at all what Judas had in his mind. In fact, it's very specific what the Bible says there. One is it says this, after it tells who what Judas said, then it said, by the way, this is the man who would portray Jesus. It's, it's kind of like somebody coming up and, and getting on to you about you getting a speeding ticket. But they've lost their license. Amen. About somebody coming and getting mad at you because, you know, you maybe looked at a girl when she walked by and they've had 5,000 affairs. And at that moment what happens is Jesus said, leave her alone. In other words, I know what you're doing. You've had your hand in the box the whole time. In fact, let, let me say this. The, the, what's funny about the whole thing is, is that he's getting upset about her pouring this oil on the feet of Jesus to honor when really all he wanted was a box for himself. Today I want to talk to you about generosity. And I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, no, here we go. We're talking about money. Then I'm talking to you. We, we need to ask ourselves two questions. From this verse in John chapter 12, from this story, two questions that will help you today. Number one is this, why did Mary give so much? Why did Mary give so much? Here's a second question. Why did Judas protest so much? Why did Judas protest so much. Robert Morris tells a story of how one day he was thinking about generosity and why God created generosity. He said, the first thought that popped in my mind was God created generosity so that we could bless the kingdom. 
God created generosity so we could fund the work of God. God created generosity so the church would have enough to do what it needed to do. But he said, it's like at that moment the Holy Spirit corrected me. And he said, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. God didn't create giving for his sake. God created giving for our sake. Listen, God don't need your money. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's richer than you. God's richer than you. In fact, let me give you another way. You hear here at the church all the time. We say it all the time. Pastor David says it all the time. He doesn't believe it, but he says it all the time. We don't give to get. We get to give. Amen? So, Pastor, why we got to talk about money? Why we got to talk about money? You're making me feel bad. There's over 2,350 verses in the Bible about money. Uh, to put it in perspective, there's 500 verses about prayer and faith combined. We know that Jesus himself spoke about money about 15% of his preaching. 39 of the parables, 11 of them involved money. Jesus taught more about the topic of money than any other topic. Then why do we not want to talk about it? Why do we not want to discuss it? In fact, can I tell you today, my sermon, what I'm sharing with you, actually has nothing to do with money. It's not about money. It's about generosity. So as you look at this store, there's three things I want to share with you today. Three things I want you to write down. Number one is this. Generosity is a test that reveals a heart's condition. Generosity, let me say this right now because I tell you now, I know some of, not you personally, I just, I know in my spirit, some of you right now, you're getting mad about this. I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to talk about giving. It's not about giving. That's Old Testament. It's not New Testament. Uh, that's not true. Years ago, I was sitting here in the church. We were working. Somebody called my wife and said, you need to come to the church. Your, your husband's heart is, chest is hurting, his back is hurting, his arm is hurting, his head is hurting, and he won't go to the hospital. So my wife comes up here and they make me go to the hospital. And we go up there and they check me out and said, no, you're not having a heart attack right now. But then they sent me to have what they call a stress test. I could have told them before I got there, I got stress. I didn't need a test for it. But I get in there and they get me on the treadmill and I begin to run because I'm an overachiever. They finally said, Mr. Leggett, slow down. We don't want you to die here on the treadmill. And I, I went through this test and had to do all these things. I had to lay my, sit back and let, hold my head back. And they did all these different things. But every test they took was for one thing, to check the condition of my heart. It turned out I had a good heart. See, Generosity becomes a revelation. See, what Mary's act revealed about her heart was she wasn't selfish. See, when Mary gave, what she was really doing is she was showing that she wasn't selfish. She was willing to give any and everything to God. See, most of the time they would have this, this perfume, this oil, and they would hold on to it. It was like a savings for them. 
And at one moment, she gave it all to God. Why? Because she loved God. Why? She wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. Why? Because she wanted to honor what God had done in her life. Why? Because Jesus deserved everything. And at that moment, it became a revelation, a test that she passed that showed that she was generous, not selfish. What about Judas? What Judas' question reveals, what he was selfish. It revealed his heart. And see, what generosity reveals is whether in you are willing to give God everything or hold it back. It becomes a test. It becomes what we call a trust test. Will you trust God with what you've got? Will you give to God what you've got? Generosity is the blessing, not the blessing that comes from generosity. In other words, many times we think the blessing is what we get from generosity. The true blessing is generosity. I was driving here on the way here. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and we were talking about our sermons today. And as we are talking, he begins to tell a story. and He said he just paid his car off. He said, not only did I pay the car off, but a guy in the church had helped me to get the car running perfectly. Everything was good, even the scratch. We had fixed the scratch on the outside, and the car was perfect. He said, we had two cars. One was a junker, a piece of junk, and the other one's the one we drove around, and I just paid it off. And I'm sitting at church one day, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to give this car away. He said, you mean the junker? You got it, God. I'll give it away. He said, no, the Lord kept. He said, no, I want you to give this one. He said, God, I I just got it paid off. I I just got it where I like it. I, I just got it fixed. He said, I want you to give it away. And he walks up to a guy in the church, a missionary who they did not have a car. He walked up to that guy and gave him the keys, and the guy started crying. He said, me and my wife did not have a car. She's been walking two miles to go to the grocery store to get food for us. How did you know? And he said, but it's amazing how God works. By the end of the service, someone came to me and handed me a set of keys. He said, I don't know why I've been fighting with God. I've never done this in my life. I've really never been a giver. But all night long last night, all day today, God's been dealing with me that I'm supposed to give you my car. Here's my keys. The guy was so excited. He said, you've got to be joking. Man, God's good. And he said, I go out and see the car, and it's a piece of junk. Now, wait a minute, that's, that's not the way it's supposed to work. God was supposed to give me a better car than I've got. Listen, God's not here to be your savings account. God's not here to just do things like that. God wants you to be generous, not because of what you get out of it. God wants you to be generous just to be generous. Because it becomes a revelation of your heart. It says in Acts chapter 20 verse 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Say that with me. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Some of you just said that and you didn't believe a word of it. 
Because, see, that's the God that we serve. Number two, generosity is an action, not just an acknowledgement. Have you all ever watched the commercials with the dogs? The, is it PETA commercial, whatever it is? You know they show the dogs? Yeah, at peace, whatever. That, yeah, and the dogs are outside and they're like, they're shaking. You know what I'm talking about. And they're the longest stinking commercials. And they get me every time. I'll be watching it and that little dog come on. And I'm like, oh, poor little puppy. And my heart just breaks for the little dog. And I watch the whole stupid commercial. And you know what I do at the very end of the commercial? <laughs> Not a thing. I haven't given one of those dogs yet. Not my fault. Their animals stay outside. I don't care. I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm not, but I'm just, you know. Listen, but one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? That's not why you wanted it. Listen, sometimes things will make us feel generous. I heard, I got a friend of mine that says this all the time. He said, five frogs are sitting on a log one day. Four decide to get off. How many frogs are still on the log? Five, because they decided. It said they jumped off. Whew. Just rocked your world, didn't it? That's some deep stuff. How many times have you been moved in your life to be generous, but you weren't generous? How many times do you know you should have given, but you didn't give it? And listen, I'm not just talking about money today. I'm talking about your time, your talents, your giftings. Just to give an ear to hear for someone that is struggling in their life. How many times have you known that God's called you to do something in the church and you get here and you refuse to do it? Listen, I want you to understand generosity is a revelation, a test of really where your heart's at. It's not enough to acknowledge generosity. You have to act. It's enough to feel the emotions, that generosity, but you've got to do something with the emotions. It's not enough to speak about generosity. You've got to actually have actions that go with it. See, our still in, let me say this. We passed around the offering bucket a few minutes ago. About that time I, I looked over and all of a sudden, I, let me see, I, I, don't, I don't know, I'm just going to pull somebody out of here. David, it comes by, and comes by David, and y'all look, and David's on the front row, and he reaches his hand in, and he, and he takes the money out of the money box, out of the bucket. What would y'all think? Mm, David's ratchet. David's a hobo. My, he just stole money out of the bucket. Can I tell you that when you're not putting money in the offering plate, when you're not giving your tithes and offering, you're a thief? Oh, how do I know that? Look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 89. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? What? But you say, in what way? I love this, right? Because I, I just, in what way have I robbed you, God? 
in tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Can I tell you the biggest problem? When he says you have robbed me, can I tell you what God is really saying? You have robbed me with the ability to bless you. You have robbed me because your generosity opens doors that you can never imagine. And I'm not just talking about financial blessing that will flow in your life because you gave. I'm talking about a peace of mind. I'm talking about a trust in God, a willingness to do what God says. There is a, there is a peace, a confidence, an assurance that comes when you start having a heart of generosity to say that I believe that my God will do what he said he will do and I will have faith and believe in him. Here's the last one. Generosity is designed to keep generating. Generosity is designed to keep generating. Listen to what he says. Verse 7. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. In other words, she did not even know when she's pouring this oil on him what she's actually doing. She's actually preparing the body of Jesus. Because remember when they went to, remember when they went to get they couldn't? She's actually preparing the body. Can I tell you that your generosity is never in vain? It's always for a purpose and a reason. I can tell you stories and stories of my life of generosity. Of how I have given and how God's blessed me back. The pastor that I talked to early on the phone on the way here, he said he actually did that with five cars. He said, I'd give one away, God give me another one. And he said, four of those are pieces of junk. He said, I never upgraded, I went down. He said, finally on the last time, the fifth car, the guy gave me a brand new Jeep Grand Cherokee. In fact, he came to him and said, hey, I'm mad at you. And he said, why are you mad at me? He said, you need to come get your car out of my garage. He said, what? You need to come get your car out of my garage. He said, I don't know why I bought this car. I drove by a dealership one day, and the Lord made me pull in and buy this car. I bought it thinking I don't even want the thing, and now I know why God bought, had me buy it for you. And let me say this. You may never get another car. I don't know how many cars we've given away. Three, three cars. Generosity is not about money. It's about a heart issue. It says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now that scripture actually is not talking about money. Some of those posterior preachers will make it about money. But it's not about money. So you have to understand the story. They would go to the marketplace, and, and if it was a good vendor, a good merchant, honorable, what they would do is, is they, when they would pour the grain into the basket, what they would do is they would kind of press it down. They would shake it to make more room and then put more on top and shake it and press down and make some more room. And finally so it began to overrun it. And the women would have kind of like an apron on that would be underneath. And what would happen is the grain would run over the side of 
and fall in the apron. In other words, more than enough. Remember, that's not about money. When you learn to become generous, God will begin to overflow things in your life. Things you never thought possible. Doors will open you never thought would open. Proverbs 19 says this, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this, But this I say, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as his purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity. For I love this right here. God loves a cheerful giver. I called my brother last night to check on him. My brother is, he has cancer in his esophagus. You know, you always have to keep things in perspective. If I could teach this generation anything, learn to keep things in perspective. You know, the other day I, you know, I've had this surgery and Laurie had walked into the bathroom and I was looking in the mirror. And if I'm be honest, I was bothered a little bit. I thought, I'm going to have this scar on my face. And she could tell I was a little bit, not down, but it was bothering me some. But later on, I would talk to my brother that's got cancer in his esophagus. And he's going through radiation right now. And the radiation is really playing havoc with his throat. In fact, when I called him last night, he was talking like this. You could barely understand him. When he answered the phone, I said, brother, how you doing? Good, man. Doing good. And I thought to myself, wow. Through this whole time, and I know it's been bad, my mom's told me. She's told me a few times, you need to pray for your brother. He's hurting he can't hardly swallow. He can't hardly talk. And I'm on the phone with my brother last night asking how he's doing. And here's what my brother's worried about. He's not worried about his throat. He's not worried about the pain. He's not worried about anything else. This is what he's worried about. My brother is the director, the president of Falcon Children's Home. He said, John, you know, we've got harvest train coming up. Next week, I'm not going to talk for a week because I want to be able to speak at harvest train. He's not worried about his throat. He's not worried about the cancer. He's just worried about disappointing people that come to harvest train to give to the kids. And that's what harvest train is. It's where they come and give to the kids. And I felt bad for looking in the mirror and looking at my face and thinking, oh, this is horrible. When he can barely talk. In fact, the doctor told him. When the doctor called him, he said, Joy, how are you doing? He said, fine. He said, Joy, this, I'll tell you, it will get worse before it gets better. 
See, generosity sets aside what you want. Generosity sets aside your needs. Generosity doesn't make it about you. Can I tell you, some of you are too generous with things you shouldn't be generous with. You're generous with your offense. You're generous with your complaints. You're generous with your anger. You're generous with your hatred and your bitterness and everything else in your life. And the problem is where you're being generous, you need to stop because it's affecting your life and where you need to be generous. If you would just start doing it, God could move in your life in a way you never thought. called David this week and I said what I'm going to preach this Sunday I've decided not to I was going to preach on tithes today but I felt that I needed to talk about generosity because if you don't ever get the understanding of generosity tithes will be nothing more than a work for you I'll close with this. When we start learning how to be generous with our time, our talents, our ties, God will be able to do things. Can I tell you why it's so important? And there will be some of you today, you'll leave still mad that Pastor talked about money and missed the whole point of this sermon. Whatever you hold from God cannot be blessed. Whatever you hold on to and hold so precious that you're not willing to give it to God cannot be blessed. As long as this is in my hand, it's bound by the natural. Because I'm natural, I'm flesh. But when I give it to God, God can bless. God can bless. If I take it back, it's bound by the natural. When I give it to God, it can be supernaturally blessed. I want to do something. And I just want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I've got $100 in my hand. And today I'm going to give this $100 to somebody. First and foremost, I want you to understand this is not the church's money, this is my money. 
Second of all, I want you to hear me when I say this. You got a choice when I give you this hundred dollars. You can take this hundred dollars. You go spend it on yourself. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to come back the next Sunday and say, "Hey, what'd you do with it?" But here's what I'm hoping, and here's what I'm praying, that as I give you this $100, that you're going to find in your heart to be generous, and you're going to give it to somebody else. I want you to pray about it. Seek the Lord. Don't just give, don't go give it to your husband. Or to your wife, say, I gave it away. Oh, no, you didn't. And let me say this. I had not planned on this. It literally, right then, God laid it on my heart. If you have a birthday this month, raise your hand. Come here. It's up to you. You make the decision. But I'll say this. You spend it, and it's over. You give it, and it's just started. Amen. Bow your head, close your eyes. Lord, we praise and glorify your name. We thank you for your word. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ today, Lord, that let us get the heart of generosity. Be blessed by your word. I pray in Jesus' name today, Lord, that break off the, the spirit of selfishness. Break off the spirit of poverty. Break off the, the mindset today, Lord, that, that I've got to hold on to my own. That, I, that Lord, I've got, to, I've got to keep it tight. The Lord, what we keep tied is bound to our natural. But God, what we loose and let go of can be blessed. Because God, we follow your generosity. That you are a generous God that loved us enough to send his only begotten son. That whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And because you sent your son to die upon a cross for us, and if we desire to be Christ-like, then we must be willing to give it all for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you're struggling with generosity, you're not very good at it. You know you're not. You've been stingy most of your life. And you're ready to become a generous believer in Christ Jesus. I want you to raise your hand. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Break off the spirit of, Lord, of hoarding. Of being stingy. And release in their life today generosity. Lord, like they've never known before. That God, I just pray a blessing over them right now. Bless them that they would become a blessing. 
with every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. God the Father generously gave us Jesus Christ, His Son, to die upon a cross for us that through His death we would be promised eternity. Through the shedding of His blood, our sins will be washed away. All you have to do today to be saved is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that He is a Son of the living God, died on a cross for you. And today confess Him, Lord, of your life and you shall be saved. If that's you today and you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. 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 I've had three raise their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. As three new names have been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.